like the kind of bill of rights the constitution what's it worth you know they're gonna grind us down uh, until it really hurts is this a sovereign nation or just a police state Gets too late. Welcome to Stand and Deliver. I'm Patrick Wood, director and founder of Citizen for Free Speech. And I am solo today. Bob France is on location in Washington, D.C. this week. He did some very important work. His radio station flew him out there as from Ohio, actually. And uh, he was on location. Uh, unfortunately, they had a number of um, well, I guess a storm ro rolled through and they had some power outages and everything else. It was a, pretty much a train wreck for us to get our podcast done this week together. So I'm going to do it solo today. And we do have an important issue to talk about. And I'm going to just kind of dive right into it. Uh, what we're going to talk about in particular is a repeat of the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act of 2021. It's back. Just when we thought it was going to be gone, perhaps forever, it has come back to repeat on us like a bad penny. And we need to talk about it again today and just discuss what's going on with it and why and what kind of action you can take to perhaps sway, persuade our local legislators or national legislators rather to stop this nonsense before it goes any further. Um, I want to remind you first, however, uh, about the good old First Amendment. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, that's it. It says, Congress shall make no law respecting, and that's where it stops before we add in, um, the uh, prohibiting of free exercise of speech. And so Congress isn't supposed to mess with this whole thing with free speech. And it, uh, it's unfortunate that Congress has decided to mess with it. And that's where S.673 comes in. And I'm just hoping that we can do something to put the kibosh on this. And I'm going to start out this way. I'm going to show you an action campaign that we had earlier this year. It was back in January, as a matter of fact. It appears on... The, um, our website, our special action website, CFFS Action. I'm going to show you that URL so that you can go there. Uh, it's C, it's uh, cffsaction.org forward slash take hyphen action. And I'm going to lead you through that right now. I'm just going to walk into this and show you what we have. But as I uh, look at the top menu here, you can see where there's a take action uh, link up here. If you click that, it will bring up all the actions that we have. And if you scroll to the bottom, this is one of the first ones we did earlier this year when we got a hold of this particular platform. You can see at the bottom here, it says, say no to the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act S.673. And uh, let me just click on this and show you the page that comes up now. This is a very cool tool because it not only tells you a little bit about S.63, but it lets you take action. You fill in your name and address and information and so on, click next, it will allow you to send an email to your legislator, your senator, for instance, telling them to back off of S.673 and don't pass it, and for the reasons why. 
Um, you can do this. You don't need to do it really more than once, I suppose, but uh, you can at least do it. If you did it earlier this year, do it again and go through the process. And here's what we wrote about it back then. Um, and by the way, we had thousands of people respond by clicking this uh, big orange button next. And people sounded off because they realized how dangerous S.63 was. Here's what it says. The Journalism Competition and Preservation Act grants immunity from federal antitrust laws to giant news content organizations and giant distributors like Facebook and Twitter. This legislation is sponsored by both Democrats and Republicans, but does not make it, that does not make it right. It's up to citizens of America to tell them to stop it. That's where we came in, of course. It's a direct violation of the First Amendment. Which part of the First Amendment is unclear? Well, it starts with the phrase, just, just read it. Um, while S.673 protects big media and social media by essentially allowing them to form an unrestricted cartel, it also gives them immunity from prosecution under time-honored antitrust laws. This is totally misguided. Collusion always picks victims, and in this case, the victims will be the tens of thousands of independent journalists, bloggers, and podcasters across the country. So we need to tell Washington to quit meddling in private business. Now, some of you I know right now are going to think, what the heck is he talking about? Well, here's the thing. We have antitrust laws in place. They should be exercised. We have plenty of laws that would deal with uh, the likes of big media, Facebook and Twitters and so on, and Google that could deal with them just fine. But there's no propensity to do that in Congress directly. They say, well, they're private businesses. They can just do whatever they want. But we found recently, however, that the federal government has been colluding, communicating directly with social media giants and media companies as well to influence the narrative and to censor certain narratives, certain things that people want to say. And this is over the top, I think, because our government should not have anything to do with uh, telling these people what to put up or not put up or what to censor or not to censor or what kind of stories to run or not to run. It's none of their dang business. But now we found that the government is in bed with big tech and with the media companies. And so there has been, definitely, there has been a conflict between tech giants like, like the Facebooks and the Twitters and the big media companies like New York Times, Washington Post, and so on, who want to run stories that they discover, you know, it moves over into the social media realm, and they say, well, they're denying us revenue. We should be getting revenue from those stories. There are stories after all, but people go and share them all over the media, you know, and they put up, they post on it, and they make comments, this, that, and the other, and we want our share of revenue. Well, okay, um, you want to share the revenue. You don't like that they're making all the money and you're not making the money. You're going out of business and they're, you know, they're increasing. So what happened in all this, this bill got sponsored, S.63, it was a bipartisan sponsorship. I'll show it to you in just a second. And the idea was that, well, we can solve this conflict. We'll just give the big newspaper media companies the right to get together to negotiate, to bargain negotiate a deal with big media, with the uh, big social, social media. 
well, this isn't direct violation of antitrust laws to do that, you understand. So they're basically going to give them a free pass. Well, you go ahead and create a cartel anyway. We, we, won't, we won't press charges. We won't investigate, you know, bust you up or whatever, because you do this particular thing. So that's where this thinking originally started. Antitrust laws are there for a reason. It's to keep people from doing just this. And so if big media is allowed to create a cartel to go after social media, how long do you think it would take before they redirect their cannons against all the rest of the media companies in the country, all the tens of thousands of blogs and little community efforts, you know, newspapers and, you know, distribution issues and stuff. How long do you think it would take them before they move the target over and say, well, we're going to go after them too. There's no checks and balances on this, whatever. We don't want cartels in America, period, on either side. We don't want big media to have cartels. We don't want social media to have cartels. We've got enough problems with them already. But there are laws on the books that should be taking care of all these issues right now. Now, I'm not really don't want to get in a political mode here because I'm not really that much interested in, in national politics right now, but this happens to be a huge free speech issue. So having said that, what I want to do is take you over. I'm going to show you on govtrack whatever us. This is a bill tracking uh, website. And you can see at the top here is this is the Journalism Competition and Preservation Act 2021. It was originally sponsored by Amy Klobuchar. She's the senator from Minnesota. She's a Democrat. And uh, there were 13 co-sponsors down here. There's seven Republicans. Now look at this. Seven Republicans and six Democrats. That's why they're calling it a bipartisan bill. Well, back in January, when we started squawking about this, it was in committee. It had just gone into the Judiciary Committee again, and they were considering it. And that's when we sent out our blast. Today. Let's stop it right here, folks. You know, tell the people, uh, the members of the Judiciary Committee, to deep-six this turkey. Don't let it get out into a, a vote situation on the Senate floor. That's the only thing that's holding it back right now is the fact that it is in committee. And it has not been released yet, but it's about to be released. So these 13 co-sponsors, and uh, at the time, the prognosis was a 4% chance of being enacted. And uh, we now know that's changed radically since then. And uh, we're going to look at the 13 co-sponsors now. This is very interesting. Now, the, these co-sponsors are not the Judiciary Committee, you understand. The co-sponsors are just senators. Some of them happen to be on the Judiciary Committee, but that's uh, incidental. So Amy Klobuchar was a primary sponsor. We have some other Democrats here. We have Dick Durbin. We have uh, Cory Booker, uh, Richard Blumenthal. All of these are pretty liberal, of course. You know, Why, uh, Sheldon Whitehouse. Now here, John Kennedy comes in as the first Republican. He's from Louisiana. Normally, he's a pretty strong conservative. And of course, then we have uh, Dianne Feinstein uh, co-sponsored this thing, and Lindsey Graham got in on it, and. Uh, the um, uh, Democrat senator from Hawaii also got in on it, and there's five more. You'll be surprised. Rand Paul, one of the original co-sponsors. This blew me away originally. I don't have any idea what Rand Paul's I rationale for this is. He's a big free speech guy, normally. 
But for some reason, he doesn't see this as being a, an important free speech issue. Uh, then we have Susan Collins, uh, uh, senator from Wyoming, Louisiana, and from South Dakota. South Dakota is surprising as well. It's very conservative, typically. So this is how this whole thing got started. These are the co-sponsors of this bill. And um, I'm not going to read the whole bill, but the, you get the idea. This had, quote-unquote, bipartisan response. And there was some you know, people like um, Rand Paul. Uh, as one of the, he was one of the original co-sponsors with Amy Klobuchar. So, uh, you know, sometimes you think, you know, politics makes strange bed, bedfellows. I think I heard that from my parents about 50 years or 60 years ago, but it's, it's maybe it's still true today. I don't really understand it. Well, okay, so it got stuck in Judiciary Committee all this year, and it kind of looked like it was going to be all done. Then we started to get some fireworks. Let's see if I get the right page up here. We started to get some fireworks a little bit earlier, um, just a few, little bit, little bit of time ago, when um, uh, here's an article that expresses this. Ted Cruz, who's on the Judiciary Committee, um, offered an amendment to be inserted into uh, S.673. And it was apparently so egregious to the left side of that bill that uh, it was phrased that he blew it up, the whole thing. And Politico says, and Politico is not a certainly a conservative publication, uh, but they said two hours into its Thursday markup, Republicans uh, inserted provisions designed to limit the platform's abilities to moderate content. Uh, over the objections of lead sponsor, Samy, uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar. Um, and she then withdrew the bill. She was so freaked out by this whole thing. She says, I'm not, you know, I'm going to pull it. I'm not going to let it get up for a vote and, uh, and be defeated. I'm going to kill it right now. So you can't do it. You know, <laughs> it's like the guy that's, you know, the boss says, you're fired. And the employee says, you can't fire me. I quit. Well, okay. So she pulled the bill and, uh, everybody's cheered kind of around the table, you know, outside the table. People were thinking, yeah, that's good, man. It's dead. We can rest easy now. And I saw that float by and I thought, good work, uh, CFFS members. Maybe you helped just a little bit to push this over the edge or over the cliff and just leave it there. Uh, but alas, no, that's not what happened. Uh, <laughs> a few days later, just a couple of days ago on the 22nd of the month, uh, here's from the Hill, Klobuchar and Cruz strike deal to advance journalism antitrust bill. And I thought, uh-oh, this is trouble. Whatever happened, we don't know, but whatever happened, it ain't good. So this says, uh, this story says, a bill uh, that would let most news outlets collectively negotiate with dominant tech platforms for compensation to distribute their content advanced out of a Senate committee Thursday after Senators Klobuchar and Ted Cruz, who was the big sticking point, struck a deal. We don't know the full nature of that deal yet, but deals in Washington mean compromise. So it goes on, it says the Journalism Competition Protection Act aims to help local and smaller news outlets negotiating, negotiate by leveling the playing field with tech giants like Google and Facebook. Well, I'll tell you what, it says local and smaller news outlets. 
that really is not in view here. These are the big, the big giant companies actually that are that are pushing this. So Thursday's vote to advance the bill forward, two weeks um, of negotiation between the two, uh, after the Democrat pulled the vote on on her bill uh, at a markup session earlier this month, the bill was pulled after an amendment from Cruz about content moderation was adopted when Democrats were down a member with Senator uh, John Ossoff uh, isolating in India with COVID-19. I hope he made it through, but um, this is while he was gone for the time being. If he was there, he would have voted that whole, that amendment down. It wouldn't have been an issue at all. Platforms like Facebook and Google are counting on Republicans and Democrats being unable to put aside their differences to agree on meaningful legislation in the tech sector. This is our moment to prove them wrong, Klobuchar said at Thursday's vote. The bill advanced in a 15 to 7 vote, that's the Judiciary Committee, with seven Republicans voting against uh, the bipartisan amendment. The bill provides a limited safe harbor from federal and state antitrust laws. By the way, I don't know how Congress gets away telling a state that they cannot enforce their own antitrust laws. There's a problem with this. Okay, so the bill provides a limited safe harbor from federal and state antitrust laws for eligible uh digital journalism providers, including most newsrooms that employ fewer than 1,500 full-time employees, that would allow them to participate in the joint negotiations. The employment cap is largely aimed at excluding the country's three largest newspapers and national broadcasters. Cruz initially put forward an amendment that sought to eliminate the antitrust exemption if either side of negotiations mentions content moderation building off uh, accusations that tech giants are censoring conservative content. Really? You think they're censoring conservative content? Do you think the government is telling them what to censor? Yes, they are. It's been proven beyond a shadow of a doubt now. The emails have been released that show it. At least 14, I think at least 12 agencies were involved in communicating with big tech giants during the COVID dilemma and at least 15 people from within the, the, the administration were communicating on a regular basis with them. But Klobuchar said that that amendment would essentially give tech platforms a get out of jail free card by allowing them to bring up content moderation at the outset of a negotiation to avoid reaching a deal. Okay, so you get the idea. There's a lot of back and forth going on here. There, you know, there's a lot of finger pointing uh, the big big tech companies are pointing the finger at the big media companies are pointing their finger back at big tech. Everybody's been unfair, you know, they say so, to somebody, and everybody wants their own piece of the action. Big tech is not about to let anybody else get in their pocket. They feel that they have a lock on profitability. Uh, just ask Google. <laughs> they really do. And uh, they don't want anybody coming to tell them what to do or much less give up any money or the right uh, to, to censor. So then we, uh, as we just kind of move along here, there's been several articles that just came out addressing this whole thing. Here's one from the Epoch Times. Um, Senate committee advances media big tech cartel bill. Uh, the Senate Judiciary Committee on September 22nd advanced a proposal that would allow media outlets to form cartels to negotiate with big tech platforms. Now, whatever the Cruz Amendment was, 
We still don't know all the details of that. Um, investigative reporters like the Epoch Times are still saying exactly what we said back in January. It's um, allowing them, a, giving them a free pass to create cartel. Uh, specifically, the complicated measure would supersede some existing antitrust laws and allow media companies to negotiate collectively with big tech platforms such as Facebook, Google, and Twitter. The JCPA states a new content creator may not be held, a news content creator may not be held liable under the antitrust laws for engaging in negotiations with any other news content creator during the four year period beginning on the date of enactment of this act to collectively withhold content form or negotiate from or negotiate with an online content distributor regarding the terms on which the news content of the news of the news creator may be distributed by the online content distributor. That means those online and print media outlets, including some of the largest and long, long, longest established names in the industry could band together in a kind of media union to demand concessions from tech companies in order for the coalition to continue to allow their content on the platform. Under existing antitrust laws, such cartels, they call them cartels, and they do actually, even the politicians are calling them cartels, which describe a collusion of firms in an industry that have joined together for a common financial or industry outcome are decidedly illegal, and that is the fact. This has been the law for decades that antitrust activity is flat out illegal. We have no business giving these people, these, these big companies, any free pass to form a cartel of any kind. We dealt with this decades ago. And America and Congress put an end to it by, by putting in, in place antitrust laws to prevent it. And it's done a pretty good job over the decades, I have to say. So that's about to be erased because once it's out of the Judiciary Committee, it's going to go out to the Senate floor to face a full vote. That's the risk because the House or the Senate is divided 50-50. We know there's already important senators that are co-sponsors of this that will vote for the bill. It is almost guaranteed to pass the Senate if it gets loose in the Senate. So our headlines kept coming out. I'll show you a couple more. Here's one from Newsmax. Senator Ted Cruz leads effort to protect publishers against big tech. Well, okay, uh, pretty much more of the same. I won't go through this again, but, uh, but this is kind of a slightly different slant because huh, big tech needs to be dealt with. We all know that. We've all been asking for this for a long time. We've had several position papers and we've talked about uh, the whole issue of big, you know, big tech censorship. They need to be dealt with, but you know what? There are laws on the book to deal with us now. There are other ways to deal with big tech and they should be dealt with. This is not the way. By letting them circumvent established, existing, tried and proven laws on the books, the way to handle this is not to give them a free pass to get around those laws that were already enacted for very good reason. Then we had articles appear in Breitbart. You'd figure that, I'm sure. Um, Cruz-Klobuchar amendment doesn't fix JCPA censorship enabling bailout for the establishment media. There's another story came out just uh, after that exclusive Ted Cruz caves 
to Democrat Amy Klobuchar on media cartel bill. Now, my guess is, and we know this to be a fact, by the way, uh, Ted Cruz has been a free speech champion for a long time. He's had a lot to say about free speech. These headlines are probably somewhat loaded because everything in Washington is partisan. The truth probably lays somewhere in the middle. I would not want to say that Ted Cruz has become an anti-free speecher. That would be wrong. But somehow he's slipped up in his process here, and he's entered into a middle ground where he really has no place, and neither do any of these other Republicans, the conservatives at least, have no place in this. Democrats have no place in this either. They really should just walk away from it and just let it die a natural death. They should know better. In fact, the antitrust laws originally were largely put in place by the Democrat Party. So, you know, go figure. Uh, but, you know, I guess they like it now that they should get a free pass. So what is on the table now, uh, in any case, if it goes out to a full vote, it's likely going to pass. This is one more nail in the coffin, if you will, of free speech in America, because if cartels are allowed to be created for any purpose, for any reason, it cannot be good for the smaller media organizations, especially alternative media organizations that are already so heavily censored they can't see straight. Absolutely wrong that we turn this loose on them. So what I want you to do after you reconsider the First Amendment again, for sure, Congress shall make no law. Look, is this a law respecting free speech? Or freedom of the press? Yes, it is. And what does it say? Congress shall make no law. I don't see what's complicated about this. They're having trouble. You need to straighten them out. You need to tell them, listen, our Constitution says, stay away from it. You should make no law affecting free speech, period. So here's what you can do. You can go to our website, cffsaction.org forward slash take action, or if you don't go that far, at least you could click on the take action at the top here, and it will take you to the page, as I said, and you scroll down to the bottom like this, and you will see it on the left-hand side, right here. Say no to the Journalism Competition Preservation Act, and click on that rascal, just like that. You're going to see this page come up. Read the text carefully. Make sure you agree with it. If you don't, you're in the wrong place. But if you do then you fill out your information here and click next and it will take you through uh, a process where you can send an email directly to your senator. Now, some people have asked, why do I have to put in my, all this information, my address and my phone number and whatever? Why do I have to go through all that? Well, believe it or not, it actually is law. <laughs> we have to follow the law in this case. Anybody who contacts uh, anybody in Congress has to provide all that information. That's just the way it is. So if you call into an office, whatever, they'll have your phone number and they may ask you other information as well. This is just the way the law reads. So don't, don't worry about that. You know, the privacy issue of it, we keep all the data, we protect it. We make sure nobody else gets it. We don't rent our data. We don't give it away. We don't trade with anybody to try and, you know, make our mailing list bigger. No, we don't. We protect everything that we get. Could anybody's data in the world today be hacked? Probably. I mean, if the NSA can be hacked and the CIA can be hacked and the Pentagon can be hacked and everybody else, there are people in the world that probably could hack anything that is out there that they could get to. 
but we have created all of the appropriate reasonable firewalls to keep people out of our data and away from our data. We own our own server, for instance, and we keep it protected with like three levels of firewalls. That's the best we can do. It's reasonable. And uh, don't worry about your data being hacked. If it ever does get hacked, it's somebody that's really a bad actor that we couldn't stand up to anyway. So it's, sometimes you win some and you lose some. But we have taken great pains to make sure that your data is safe and our pledge to use it will never give it away. So that is the main issue that I want to talk about today. It's an important issue. And uh, I hope that you will take some action on this and just blast them and, and call your friends uh, too. Pass this thing around. Set, take the link, the, the CFFSaction.org um, link, and pass it around to your friends. Email it to them. Say, go take this. Tell them, stop this. Don't take our laws down anymore. Don't go around creating media cartels that are going to duke it out with each other. It can't end well, and it's certainly not going to end well for the rest of us. Congress needs to enact laws, not to compromise with crackpot laws in the first place. Congress needs to make laws that will benefit the American people and protect the American people from all this nonsense. Could they do that? Yes, they could. You know they can. In fact, in the House, anything in the House, anything that's in government that's funded, it has public funding, that funding is controlled by the House of Representatives. They could cut it off anytime they wanted to. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on in Washington we just shake our head at and you know, I have opinions on a lot of stuff. I'm sure you do too. Don't worry about it. You can't change change it for the most part. We're focused on free speech. The reason is, if we lose free speech in America, we are done. This is the most important pillar of civilization we have, is the ability to communicate and speak freely. We cannot let it go away. I get very passionate about this. and. I know Bob France does too, my, my partner in crime on this podcast. He gets passionate about it too. And I want you to be passionate about it. The ability to speak out and cry out in times of trouble is absolutely critical to keep the forces of tyranny at bay. This is all we got. We don't want to have to use any other means to keep tyranny at bay, like you know physical issues, physical tools. No, we don't want to do that. We want to use our own mouths and our own ability to communicate and write and, and assemble and, you know, speak to our government officials, et cetera, et cetera. So join with us at Citizens for Free Speech and be a part of our movement. Don't have to do anything if you don't want to, but everybody could certainly sign up and put their name on the line. It's free. Doesn't cost you anything. We are a member support organization. We got some great members who are supporting us. We want to make a big voice in America. Issues like these, who else is going to talk about them? It's us. We can't really expect Washington to save us on any given issue, but that leaves it up to us to take action. That's why we're doing these things, giving you a voice, giving you training and the ability to do the things that, um, that need to be done. So it's a, it's a tough sled. I realize that. But um, together, we can get through some of these things. I want to sign off now and just say in, in, in the end of it here, if you want to join, if you're on a mobile device right now listening to this podcast, you can simply text the letters CFFS to the number 313131. You get a link back immediately. You just click it, and it will take you through the sign-up process right on your mobile device. Otherwise, go to citizensforfreespeech.org 
And uh, you can just sign up there and you find out all the various resources that we have available for you. And I think you'll like them. We have a lot of training. We have a private social network for our members to communicate, collaborate. Uh, we've got our action site, which we've been talking about today. Go there and check it out. Uh, we monitor legislation across the country, by the way, in every state about free speech, things that are coming through that affect free speech. So check out our resources. Stand with us. We call our podcast Stand and Deliver, by the way, because it's a challenge to you, too, to stand and deliver. We'll see you next time.